Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. We are creeping up, I think, on 60 episodes right now for this podcast, which is just crazy. (laughs) It's just really, really wild for my brain to adjust to that. Um, This podcast really shows me this evidence of the ability for manifestors to stick to things, that it's not always about completing stuff. It's Sometimes it's just about commitment to something and allowing it to morph and grow and change as it continues to come out of us. And To have recorded 60 episodes feels like a marathon feat for a manifesto. And there, you know, we're at the point where thousands of people listen to this podcast every single week. And um, it's just amazing. It's it's truly amazing that this thing can continue to to grow and change and, and, you know, be a representative of my energy and and my voice and the messages that want to come through. And um, that's really all down to you guys being willing to listen. So thank you for being here. Thank you. I feel like I say that every week, but it's true. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. So today I want to talk to you um, about a topic that I get just oodles and oodles and oodles of requests about. It's parenting. Okay. The title of today's episode is Motherhood and Manifestors. I don't have any insight on what it's like to be a father and a manifester because I'm a mother and a manifester. And um, my father was a manifester, but he was not a particularly great example of one. You know, what I experienced of a father as a manifester, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s with a father who was born in the 50s as a a white middle-class male was that there was a lot of anger. It was a lot of volatility. There was a lot of um, aggression and, you know, very kind of suppressive behavior. And um, my father is very different now as he's aged and he's grown, but that was my experience of a father as a manifester. And and I don't feel like I have anything particularly valuable to share about that. But I really can share with you about motherhood and being a manifester because that is what I have known for the past 12 years. So for those of you who don't know, I have three children. At this point in time when I'm recording it, I have a 12-year-old 4-6 emotional projector. I have a 10-year-old 6-2 sacral generator. And I have a, he's just about to turn eight in a couple of days, an eight-year-old 4-6 emotional manifester that we call the mini-fester. 
he is also a male, so the projector and manifestors are boys. The generator is a girl. Our poor generator is the only sacral being in an entire family of non-sacral beings. Um, she's also the only six-two out of a family of of four sixes. So she's very different. And I've I've been noticing, which I think I might record another podcast episode on, but I've been noticing that she's kind of getting like reverse conditioned. Um, she's not using up her energy during the day because we're always resting. <laughs> And never encouraging her to to move as much as she needs to move as a generator. So that's a fun little tidbit. Even even non-sacral beings can condition sacral beings in the right circumstances. But like I said, I, I get so many requests for content and for teaching around parenting and, and being a manifester. And I'm pretty resistant to doing it because I, I don't feel like I have um, an urge, number one, to speak about it. And I don't feel like I have the full picture. I don't feel like I have the totality of the picture to bring that would provide you with what you need to fully understand this concept. I mean, I'm still journeying through it myself and I can bring little bits, pieces and little nuggets here and there. But the sense that I really get from, you know, my my crazy kooky defined spleen is that this is an urge for someone else. This is, I don't know who that person is. I don't know if they have already felt that urge, if it's still coming. I'm not sure. But I really, really feel like the the concept and the scope of speaking about being a parent as a manifester is an urge for another manifester. It's not laid on me just yet. And, you know, my, my team and I actually receive so many requests just for content in general that we have had to place a boundary of not accepting requests for content anymore because it, it got really debilitating. It got really, really tiring as a manifester. And my team are also all manifestors. And so it was really even you know difficult for them to process through all of this stuff as well because we were constantly being asked to initiate for other people's desires, constantly being asked to initiate for other manifestors' desires, constantly being asked to um, take these decisions, you know, to my splenic authority, constantly being asked to respond and to engage and to answer questions. And um, if you listen to my last episode about the manifesto pressure to perform, that probably <laughs> explains it. So we did we did have to place that ban on. But um, I've been meaning for quite a while to record a podcast episode about motherhood and being a manifesto because so many people are wanting it, and because I actually feel like I at this point in time have have one thing that I want to share about it, and. What I want to share, what I want to talk about is this experience of fulfillment or, as the case may be, lack thereof it, right? This topic of conversation is going to come up in a few episodes' time when we have the guest manifester, Kat Fitzgerald, come on. Um, we talk about all kinds of crazy things. She's she's amazing. You're going to love her energy. You are just going to die over how amazing her energy is. But she is a manifester mother to two manifestors. So <laughs> she and her two children are all manifestors. And um, we kind of touch really briefly on parenting as a manifestor and this experience of being a manifestor mother and not experiencing fulfillment in doing it. And I think that that is something that we need to address and that's the thing that I want to bring up in this podcast episode. If if this is something that you're listening to and really, you know, loving, hold on to your hats for when we get Kat on. She's coming up, I don't know, in a few weeks, couple of months' time. So definitely listen to that episode when she comes on as well. But here's the thing. Let me let me go right back to the beginning. I became a parent 12 years ago, 
right? I was 24. I, you know, did not feel young, but certainly on reflection was very young. I had just come from my first pregnancy miscarried um, unexpectedly, very painfully. You know, I had a number of surgeries afterwards because there was a, a big infection. It was very emotionally taxing, very physically taxing. And when I had my the second pregnancy with my eldest child, Jack, who, who was, you know, birthed very healthily, I, I had this kind of double fold expectation that so many people had told me and and every you know imagery that I'd ever seen and ever absorbed around having children was this sense of like once they're out it's going to be so fulfilling it's going to be so nourishing it's you know you're going to cry when the baby gets placed on your chest and I was expecting not only that but because I had lost my first child and that had seemed so tragic and so unfair and just so unnecessary I also had this additional expectation that well this child that gets born is going to make up for all of that right? It's going to, this is going to just feel like it was all worth it. There was a purpose in it. There was a a meaning to it, right? This is going to be a really healing experience for me. And as soon as my son was born, I loved him. Of course I loved him, but I loved him before he was born as well. And, you know, he was placed on my chest and I thought that his face was really interesting and I smiled down at him and, and I felt a certain amount of pride and achievement at having carried this human into the world and, and gotten him out. But I also felt a distinct lack of fulfillment. There were no tears. There was no overwhelming moment of, oh my God, I, I'm here. I've arrived. In fact, I, I alarmingly felt its absence. And it made me question, what is wrong with me? Every other mother feels this way, except me. Do I have depression? Am I just a cold, hard bitch? Am I going to be a terrible mother? It was something that I really silently carried for for ages, right? I just I really quietly carried carried that with myself, not just for months, I mean for years and years. I carried this with myself. And you know, each day I would show up and I would be a parent and I I chose to leave my career and be a stay-at-home parent and I really felt like I was working so hard at doing the best job I possibly could. I was so present as a mother and nurturing and engaged and connected to my child and anticipating his needs and, you know, being involved in everything and also, you know, kind of balancing my own mental health and balancing my own physical health. I also had, you know, a chronic illness throughout all of that time. I was really trying hard to kind of navigate all of that and keep myself afloat too. And my husband worked two jobs. He was gone six days a week. He was not really very physically present, definitely not emotionally present. And I was really proud of myself in those early years for being a good mom. It really, really was a good mother. 
still am. I still am. But certainly at that time, you know, I remember thinking, no, I'm, I'm really good. I am actually really, really good at this. And again, not ever saying that to anyone because that's, we're not allowed to do that as mothers. <laughs> we're allowed to be self-deprecating. We're allowed to say that we think that we're bad mothers when we're obviously good, but we're certainly not allowed to say that we're good mothers because that would just be taking too much pride in what we've done. Uh, about 14 months later, I had my daughter my second child. And again, I waited for it. I I waited for the fulfillment. I waited for the deep satisfaction. I waited for that primal sense of, yes, I've arrived. This is it. This is everything. You know, this, I'm, I'm now whole. I'm now one. And it never came. It never came. And then the workload of stepping up to be a great mother to two young children was much harder and I was much more tired. My my second child was my generator child too, so she was hungry. (laughs) She was so hungry and ate all the time. And, you know, we, we were triple feeding that kid. She was fully breastfed and then would drink an entire feed from a bottle and then she was put on solids at three and a half months old and would eat an entire meal of like solid food. She was just so hungry and now I know that that's because she was a generator and she was really kind of fueling her body and she still does eat a lot. She eats a lot more than than the rest of us because she needs to fuel that sacral center. By the time that I got to our third child, so he was born three years after my second I didn't expect the sense of fulfillment to come. I wasn't even waiting for it. And I didn't get it either. Um, I had really just set myself up to feel like, well, we're adding an extra mouth. We're adding an extra body that is going to need nurturing and is going to need love. And I need to be prepared for that. I need to be willing to be committed to that and to, you know, step up to that role and become this mother of three. Also knowing as soon as I fell pregnant with him, I also knew that that was my capacity, that I could not do more than three humans. Um, I couldn't carry them you know, through pregnancy. I couldn't do another pregnancy. I was very, very sick. Um, You know, I couldn't be physically and emotionally present as a mother. And, and there was, there was a kind of like sense of finality and a bit of satisfaction in that, you know, in like, I've, I've done it. I've made it here. I've had three children. Our family is complete. Like everything is wrapped up. I'm still being a really great mother, but this pervasive sense of like lacking fulfillment in the motherhood role I did not realize that I was not alone in that until a couple of years ago. I did not realize that although we may be small in number, there are other mothers that feel this way. And when I now understand this through the lens of human design, I now know and I have now experienced enough conversations with Manifesta women to know that manifestors as mothers are not fulfilled by the role of reproducing. It does not satisfy us. It does not fulfill us. It doesn't fill up that tank, that that sense that you have within you that you are here for great 
things, that your life is not about mediocrity, that you are here for a big impact, for a big purpose, for a big voice, to have a ripple effect, to have an influence, to leave a legacy, whatever that looks like for you, every manifesto feels it. And having children does not fulfill that. Having children does not fulfill that. But we have all been taught very, very forcefully that it will. And I think that it makes us really question ourselves as mothers. Really, really makes us question ourselves as mothers. It really makes us feel like we are either inadequate, that we are not connected enough, that we could be better if we just forced ourselves to be satisfied with this life and satisfied with this role. So we either dive harder into it, you know, we let it consume us and we take on this identity of being a mother in the hopes that that it will be enough. Or we steer right away from it and we say, well, screw it. It doesn't fulfill me. I'm, I'm going to go and have a career. I'm going to go and, you know, start a business. I'm going, to, I'm going to disconnect from this entirely and go and fulfill myself somewhere else. I've spent 12 years trying to find the balance between those two things. I'm not sure that I have, <laughs> to be honest, at this point in time. But I certainly, you know, each day and each year that passes, I get closer. I get closer to that balance. And, you know, as my kids get older, it gets easier to parent them and I get the opportunity to be more objective about it and, and you know, have more perspective and um, more understanding of, of what exchange is required. When they're young, that's that's nearly impossible to do because their demand on you is so high. But I've also let go of the idea that I should have been or, or will be at some point deeply fulfilled by being a mother. I've let go of the idea that being a mother is my purpose in life. I love my children fiercely, passionately. I love my children. I do largely enjoy being a mother. But what this is my role as a mother and for all manifesto mothers, I believe, is that we are in service to a task. As mothers, we are in service to motherhood. We are loaning our manifesto energy to be present as mothers, which is hard. It's hard because it's like drawing a magnet back in a direction that it's not meant to go. And I think that it's one of the most valuable things you could ever, ever do in your life, you know, is, is to have children and to be a mother and to grow the next generation. I, I do not for one second regret any of my children at all. Um, I feel a pride in being the mother to my children. I certainly feel the pride in being a mother to an, a manifester and helping him to grow with this, this language and this system and this space and this understanding to teach him to be who he can be. Um, my little manifester can, can already manifest. He can already initiate. He manifests car parks. He manifests free toys, right? He manifests friendships and relationships and opportunities. It's a joy to be the facilitator of that. And I take my role as a mother very, very seriously. I put a lot of work into it. It's very, very hard. And I show up for it every single day, unrelentingly. Unrelentingly, I show up for it. And I will. I will for the rest of my days. But it doesn't fulfill me. 
and it doesn't fulfill my purpose. And it's not enough for me as a manifester, which is why I have more, right? It's, it's why I have a voice and it's why I have a business and it's why I have a very deliberate impact on the world and I will continue to push that because that fulfills me. That fulfills me and that expands me and that makes me feel like, oh, yes, here I am whole. Here I have arrived. Here I feel like this is it. We just, as mothers who are also manifestors, we need to let that be okay. You need to let it be okay, manifestor mama, that having your children does not feel fulfilling. You need to let yourself say that you are a good mother, that you are working hard at it, that it is harder for you than it is for other people, that it is a struggle and that you are showing up for it. You are stepping up and you are being present and you are giving your best day in and day out through low energy, through frustration, through dealing, you know, with little terrorists who always want to be telling you what to do and demanding things of you. If you happen to be a mother of another manifestor, I see you, mama. (laughs) I understand the challenge of having that energy reflected back to you and trying trying to live with that. If you are, you know, a parent of a sacral being, whether they're generators or manifesting generators, I see you. It's so hard trying to release their sacral energy from your sacral center because it exhausts you. It puts you into burnout. It feels debilitating just having to be so up close and so present to that energy that your body can't process every minute of every day. This gig is hard work for us and we do it so well. We do it so capably. But that doesn't mean that it needs to feel like it's fulfilling. That doesn't need to be enough for you. It won't be enough. And if right now the phase that you're in is that your kids are really young and it's all just endurance, right? This is all just a survival mode. Rest assured that as they get older, there will be more space created for you to see this and to accept this lesson and to move into places that do fulfill you, that do fill you up, that do feel like enough, that do feel like you are whole. You just need to hang in there. And if you are a manifest a mother to older children and you have not carved these spaces out for yourself, it doesn't need to look like a business. It can look like anything. What is your creative urge telling you to initiate? Take it. Take it with both hands. Inform your family. You are the matriarch of your family. Your manifest energy makes you the matriarch of your family. You are the initiator for the entirety of your family. You go first. You set the energetic tone. You make the rules. You determine the pathway forward. That's the way that it is designed to be. And remember that every single member of your family chose to be in your family. It wasn't like a a random lucky dip, you know, coming out of the doors of heaven, Your children decided to be your children. Your partner decided to be your partner in this life. They want you to take that role. 
And so you need to carve this space for yourself and inform them that you have. Inform them that it is sacred. Inform them that that is where you are going to be experiencing your wholeness. That is where you are going to be getting your sense of enoughness. And that you are still going to show up as a mother and you are still going to be a great mother and you are still going to be present. But tell them what support you need from them in order to allow that to happen. I wish this was spoken about more in human design spaces. I really do wish this was spoken about more in human design spaces. I wish that there was more to the narrative of parenting as a manifester than just follow your creative urges and you inspire people. (laughs) If you are that person who is receiving the creative urge to speak about parenting as a manifester, oh my God, more power to you. Please let me know what I can do to support you because there is a space for this and, and there is a hole for this and this is very, very needed. But I hope that this podcast episode alone has been enough to spark something in you, that it's given you permission, that it's given you a sense of being seen, that it's let you lay down some of the burden you've been carrying. This is an important lesson. This is an important lesson. And uh, when I started to take it on board, it really changed the way that I approached not just parenting, but my life changed the way that my children responded to me as well. And um, it's setting a different legacy for the way that they will learn to live. Uh, And I value that and I honor that and I respect that. And I'm, I'm privileged to be walking that path. (sighs) Wow. (laughs) Today's recordings have really just been like one great big, like intuitive channel. So that's the intuitive channel tapped out. Um, if you want to share your experiences with me about being a manifester and a mother, please, please do that. Um, we can't accept uh, like a lot of personal stories on, on emails and DMs because it, it's actually just too hard for us to, to read through all of them and respond to them all. So uh, we get a lot, but I really do encourage you to share this on social media. Um, you can share it in a post, in a caption, in a story, in a video, whatever you like, and just tag me just tag me in it. So then I, I will see it and I, that really lights me up and it really makes me so happy. Um, even if you just want to share a screenshot of having listened to this episode with a few words about how it impacted you, that just, it nourishes my soul and it helps me continue on in doing this work. So thank you so much for being here. I am sending just oodles of love to all the manifesto mothers out there and anybody else who is listening and and gaining um, wisdom and insight from this. Thank you all for being here. And until next time, of course, as always, keep hunting for purpose. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. I hope that my words, my sharing and the spiritual wisdom that came through today's episode have a magnificently transforming impact on your life. If you love this episode, I would be so humbly and truly grateful if you would share it on your social media. You can tag me on Instagram or Facebook at The Holly Marie. And also please consider taking a moment to leave a review right here on iTunes so that this information, this podcast and this spiritual transformation can be spread to even more people. Again, I cannot wait to see you for the next episode of Hunting for Purpose.